Well, praise the Lord, everyone. It's good to be in the house of the Lord today, isn't it? The Bible says, this is the day that the Lord hath made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Psalms 136 says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy, and do it forever. Oh, give thanks to the God of gods, for his mercy, and do it forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his mercy, and do it forever. To him by his wisdom has made the heavens, for his mercy, and do it forever. Praise God. And to him that has stretched out the earth upon the, the floods for his mercy and do it forever. Praise God. His mercy and do it forever. Oh, give thanks to him that made great lights. Amen. For his mercy and do it forever. The sun to rule the day for his mercy and do it forever. The moon and the stars to rule the night for his mercy and do it forever. Who smoke Israel in their firstborn for his mercy and do it forever. With a mighty hand and an outstretched arm for his mercy and do it forever. Amen. Who smoke Egypt in their firstborn for his mercy and do it forever. And led Israel out from among them for his mercy and do it forever. Who divided the Red Sea in part for his mercy and do it forever. And made Israel pass through the midst of it because his mercy and do it forever. And overthrew Pharaoh and his host in the Red Sea for his mercy and do it forever. Who led his people in the wilderness for his mercy and do it forever. Who smote great kings for his mercy and do it forever. And slew famous kings for his mercy and do it forever. Shehon, king of the Amorites, for his mercy and do it forever. And Og, the king of Bashan, for his mercy and do it forever. And gave their land for a heritage for his mercy and do it forever. Even the Israel, his servants, for his mercy and do it forever. Now this is the part that I like. Who remembers us in our lowest estate for his mercy and do it forever. Who deliver us from our enemies for his mercy and do it forever. Who give food to all flesh for his mercy and do it forever. Oh, give thanks to the God of heaven for his mercy and do it forever. Praise God. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His mercy <laughs> Praise God and do it for ever. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, the Lord saved me. Why should I be bound? The Lord saved me. Why should I be bound? The Lord saved me. Why should I be bound? Tell me why should I be bound? Oh, yes, the Lord saved me. Why should I be bound? The Lord saved me. Why should I be bound? The Lord saved me. Why should I be bound? Why should I be bound? Oh, yes, He filled me with the Holy Ghost. Why should I be bound? He filled me with the Holy Ghost. Why should I be bound? He filled me with the Holy Ghost. Why should I be bound? Tell me why should I be bound? Oh, yes, the Lord saved me. Tell me why should I be bound? The Lord saved me. Tell me. 
me. Why should I be bound? The Lord saved me. Why should I be bound? Tell me why should I be bound? Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank God for the blood. Thank God for the crimson blood this morning. Hallelujah. We come to magnify the Lord today. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. We want to go to the Lord in prayer. We want to pray for our leaders here at the church. Amen. While they're away doing planning this morning. Amen. And so they are pastors trying to get everything in line for next year for the church. So that's always good stuff to do. Amen. So we want to pray. Amen. If you have prayer requests this morning. Amen. God understands. God knows. Amen. We want to continue to pray for our church family here. There's so many needs going on in our uh, district as well. You know, a lot of sickness, a lot of cancer is spreading around now for some reason. So we want to continue to remember those. We want to remember our elders uh, in our districts, in the district here. Amen. Our leadership of the organization as well. Our nation. Amen. Our military men and women that may find themselves in harm's way, we want to continue to pray for them. Every day, Israel, we want to continue to pray for that nation. We want to pray for those that have been tormented in other countries, even here, the Jewish people that have been threatened and all those that have been threatened, um, you know. So I just pray that God brings people to their knees of repentance, amen, and turn their hearts to him, amen. Get everybody back to the golden rule. We'll be all right, wouldn't we? (laughs) Amen. Praise God. So let's pray this morning. Lord Jesus, God, we thank you today for your grace, your mercy, your goodness. God, I pray, Lord, that day that you would show forth yourself strong in every situation and circumstance. I pray for the leaders of this church as they plan, God, that you keep your hand upon them. I pray for Israel today. I pray for the Jewish people, God, that you keep your hand upon them. I pray, God, that you move upon every person's heart today, God. Draw their hearts back to the golden rule, God, to do unto others as they would do unto them, O God. Touch them today, God, I pray. Open their understanding the truth this day, God. I know that you're able to do exceeding abundantly above all we could ever ask to think of thee, God. Lord, we thank you again today, Lord. I pray for our elders today, God. I pray that you will continue to heal those, Lord, those that's been diagnosed with cancer. Lord, I pray for Brother Frank Ritchie today, that you would touch him and Sister Mary today, God. Heal his body right now, God. I pray for Brother Lambro. I pray for Brother Barnett. I pray for Sister Diane Tamble, oh God. I pray that you continue to touch them, Lord, today, right now, God. I pray for the bereaved today, God. I pray for Sister Hawk, I pray, God, for Sister Smith, that you continue to be with them, Lord, and God, their hearts, oh God. Let your wholeness flow in this place, Lord God. We bind the evil spirits of uncleanliness and abuse, God, right now, in the name of Jesus. We pray for our military men and women, God, that you keep your hand upon those that may find themselves in harm's way, God, today. 
God, we pray for those that are incarcerated today, that they will turn their hearts to you today, dear God, that they will look beyond their situations and circumstances and look unto you, God, right now, the author and the finish of their faith, O oh God. I pray, dear God, that those, Lord God, that are being oppressed by the enemy of their souls, God, I pray that you touch them today, God. I pray for those on the southern border, God, that's trying to make a better way for themselves, God. Let them learn to do it the right way, God. I know sometimes it's not easy, Lord, but you are able, God, I pray, Lord. I pray for our Congress. I pray for our representatives. I pray for our senators. I pray for our judges. I pray for our lawyers, God. I pray for our president, his cabinet, Lord God. All those we have elected, dear God, you said in your word, God, that they that rule over men must rule just, ruling in the fear of God. God, those that are not just and not ruling in the fear of you, God, I pray that you remove them from their positions, God. I pray that you bring them to their knees of repentance, that they understand and see truth, God. You make a difference. You make a way, God, in their lives today, Lord. We thank you again today for the opportunity to serve you today, God. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Amen. Praise God. You may be seated. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. I love the Lord, and the Bible says where two or three are gathered together in my name. There I am in the mix of thee. Amen. So we're going to go to our Sunday school lesson. Uh, I guess that's what they're still calling it these days. <laughs> Praise God. We're going to be talking about everlasting life. We're coming from John chapter 3. Amen. If you have your Bibles this morning or your lesson, we're going to John chapter 3. I'm going to read verse 1 through verse 21. Familiar passage of Scripture to each of you. I could probably call all of y'all, and y'all could probably come up here and teach this lesson because you probably heard it a hundred and thousand times if you've been around the church any length of time. John chapter 3, the Gospel of John. John, as we well know, is the beloved. He's the one that leaned on Jesus' bosom, and he's listed himself as the disciple that Jesus loved. Now, now, now stop and think about that just for a minute. The disciple that Jesus loved. Now, all of you should have the same mindset. Because Jesus says, by this shall all men know you are my disciples. You have love one to another, right? So therefore, you should be beloved of the Lord. <laughs> Amen. Highly favored. <laughs> Blessed and highly favored of the Lord. Amen. John chapter 3, starting with verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and spirit, and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, you must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, 
but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth, so is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel, and knoweth not these things? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, We speak that we do know, and testify that we have seen, and yet, and you receive not our witness. If I have told you earthly things, and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And no man have ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds are evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither come to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are the works of wrath of God. Amen. Praise God. So we want to talk today about everlasting life. Everlasting life. When we begin to look at the Word of God, we see that the overall purpose Jesus said for His coming was to seek and to save that which was lost. And so therefore, God desires us that we have everlasting life. Amen. He says in John 10.10, He said, The thief come not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I am come that you might have life, and that more abundantly. An abundant life is a service life. An abundant life is a yielded life. An abundant life is a fruit-filled life. That's why when you begin to read John's Gospel, you're going to find out, even in his epistles, the overall thrust is for life. You see, John's Gospel was written later in life, and so therefore he understood that what God's overall purpose was and what the church's overall goal is, is to teach people how to have this eternal life. And this eternal life starts and begins with our relationship and coming into that relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. So we see here, amen, uh, in the lesson that a story is told about a man here. Let me get my lesson here up real quick by a man by the name of Rollins Stewart, amen. And Rollins Stewart, they say, was a guy that he walked around, and he was the one that started with the marquees and the signs of John 3.16. He had a great love for John 3.16. He would go to sporting events. He would major racing everywhere he would go, and he would make sure the cameraman could get upon him, and he would show his John 3.16 signs. Amen. He wanted to see. But sad to say here, according to the story, 
Stuart's story has a tragic twist, however. He was married multiple times with four wife filing for divorce in 1990 over alleged allegation of physical abuse. Stewart's behavior became increasingly erratic as time passed. In September 1991, he attempted to hold three hostages in a hotel room near Los Angeles International Airport. The SWAT team showed up, Stewart was arrested, and eventually was sentenced to three consecutive life sentences. He currently is incarcerated in California State Prison. Rollins Stewart's ministry came to a sad end, but perhaps not completely unexpected given his personal history. But the popularity of John 3.16 lives on. According to LifeWay Research, it was the most popular Bible verse on the website Bible Gateway in 2021. Perhaps because we all need frequent reminders of God's love for us. While tragic, Stuart's story illustrates an important truth. The power of John 3.16 is not in the verse reference. The power is in the place, our faith in the Son of God, who offers eternal life to everyone who is born again of the water and the Spirit. Amen. Praise God. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Amen. And this is what God wants. Amen. And so we see this story here of a rabbi, the man by the name of Nicodemus. The Bible tells us that Nicodemus came to the Lord by night. Amen. And so there's many questions we can ask. Why by night? Amen. Well, if you go back and you start remembering, you read the other parts of the Scripture, you remember that if anybody confessed at Jesus Christ, they were going to be kicked out of the synagogue. That's why in John 9, when the blind man had his eyes open, the Pharisees and the Sadducees called his parents and said, Is this your son? They said, Yes, he's our son. They said, Well, how was he made to see? You know, they said, Well, he's of age. You asked him, you know, he can answer for himself because if they confessed it, Jesus, they would be put out of the synagogue. Now, Nicodemus realized, as so many people today, there is something about Jesus. Amen. He saw Jesus doing something that was contrary to what they believed and what they saw. And so maybe he wanted to find out for himself. And so to keep from being seen by his peers, <laughs> excuse me, he chose to come by night. And he comes to Jesus and he said to him, Rabbi or teacher, we know. Notice, he says, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. You know, you know. He's kind of trying to butter Jesus up, if you want to look at it that way, right? You know, he gives him an honor name, calls him Rabbi, which, you know, it was a name that was used to elevate those in authority and religious teachings and things of that nature. But we notice here, you know, Jesus just goes right to the heart of the matter. He says to him, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You know, he, 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 he knew that Nicodemus, excuse me, wanted to ask that question from the beginning. 
you know. And so Jesus said to him, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said, well, how can a man be born again when he's old? Can he in the second time into his mother's womb and be born? A question. See, he, he, he should have known. See, he, he should have known. And so he begins to question Jesus, how can these things be? And Jesus said, well, aren't you a master of Israel? You're supposed to know this. You know, you're supposed to know what I'm doing. You're supposed to know because, you know, you are part of the Sanhedrin. You're a Pharisee. You see, the Pharisees believed in resurrection. They believed in angels. But the Sadducees did not believe in either one of those. That's why they're called Pharisees, because they believe in the angels and the resurrection. And they're sad, you see, because they did not believe, <laughs> believe in that. See, So you're going to be sad if you don't believe in the resurrection and life. Amen. So, but Nicodemus has questions here. Amen. And so he comes to him by night. <clears throat> He's like so many people. There's a lot of people today. They understand when they see you, they realize there's something totally different than what they have. But they are afraid to come to Jesus to get the answer. How many times have you seen people come to church? Well, why do people come to church for? They have a need. Okay? They're looking for something different. They're looking for what you have. This is why Peter tells us to be ready to give an answer of every man to ask you of the hope that is in you with fear or reverence. Amen. We have to be ready because people are looking. So when people come to church, that's why a lot of times you see people, man, you can see God dealing with their lives right in the pew. And they're frigidy and they, they, they're fidgety, excuse me, and they don't want to get up and they don't want to come to the altar because they are afraid of what might happen. But they're, they're going to have to get up and come if they're going to receive what God has for them. And that's what Nicodemus, Nicodemus realized, man, I, I got to find out for myself. You know, and this is why Paul tells us in, in, in Philippians uh, chapter 2, in verse 12, he says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. See, you, you can't save me and I can't save you. You've got to work out your own salvation. You've got to build your relationship with Jesus Christ yourself. You've got to get connected to Him to where you know His voice and He knows you. Amen? So this is what we've got to do. So Nicodemus comes at night and he has this question in his heart. And, and Jesus tells him he's got to be born Again, see, and that's the key is you've got to be born again because why? We're all born in sin and we're shaping in iniquity, see. And so Jesus wants us to change. He's bringing a newness of life. So that newness of life starts with repentance. A repentance is a change of heart, a change of direction, a change of mind. We turn and we come to God. Amen. We, be, we are baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name in the heaven given to men, whereby we must be saved. Now this new birth process 
is what basically divides many churches. You know, because of one thing, tradition of men. This is why Paul tells the church at Colossus in the second chapter, verse 89, he says, Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of this world, and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and we are complete in him, which is the head of all principalities and powers. See, it's the division of the new birth process. Some people say, all you got to do is believe, and you're born again. Amen. Some say, no, you've got to sign the paper and join the church. Some says, no, you've got to repent, be baptized, and filled with the Holy Ghost to be born again. Amen. And so because of this, we had this division. Nicodemus sees something totally different about Jesus. You know, he, he later on, you, you will read in Scripture, Nicodemus is one of the ones that helped uh, Joseph and Matthias take Jesus down off the cross and embalm him and put him in his tomb. Nicodemus even standing up for Jesus just before his death. The Sanhedrin wants to try him. And Nicodemus asked the question, Can, do, do our law you know, judge any man before he had a chance to speak for himself? And they, they get on his case as well, you know. So he sees something that's totally different. And so he said to Jesus, we know. Yeah. See, you need to know some things. <laughs> Isaiah said, have you not known? Have you not heard that the everlasting God, the Father, the creator of the ends of the earth, he don't faint, neither is he weary. He give power to the might. And they that have no strength, he, he increases strength. Amen. There's some things we got to know about God. Amen. He wants us to have eternal life. So Jesus was telling Nicodemus, except the man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. Amen. And then Nicodemus said, well, how can these things be? Can a man enter again into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus said, verily, verily, I said to thee, except the man is born again of the water and the spirit. He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. The wind blow where it listeth. You hear the sound thereof, but cannot tell where it's coming and where it's going. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. So he mentions a sound to Nicodemus that would take place. Amen. And we know in Acts 2, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord in one place, and suddenly they came from heaven as what? A rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them to utterance. So baptism, amen, here is, is essential to our new birth experience. See, when God created Adam and, and, and Eve in the garden, amen, he formed them from the dust of the earth. And he breathed in the man's nostril, and man became a living soul. Amen? And so now the same process is with us when we are born again. We are buried by Christ, by baptism. And when we come up out of the water, 
we are filled with the Holy Ghost, or we might get the Holy Ghost before we go down, but either way, we've got to be born again of the water and the Spirit. You just can't have one without the other. You've got to have both. Amen? You've got to have both of them. You've got to be washed. Your blood of Jesus Christ is applied to our lives in the waters of baptism. The Bible says in Hebrews eight, I mean 9.22, that without the shed in the blood, there is no remission. Amen. So in types and shadows was already laid out for us, amen, at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ for this new process that was to take place. So you've got to be born again of the water and the Spirit. Amen. You've got to wash those old sins away. You've got to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Romans 8 and 9 tell us, Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his. Alright? So you've got to have the Spirit. Peter tells us in 1 Peter chapter 3, he talks about nor that eight souls, he said, were saved by water. Wherefore, baptism doth now save us, not to put away the fifth of the flesh, but as an answer of a good conscience towards God. You want your mind to be right. You want to make sure you're doing this because you read it in Scripture and you see it and you understand. This is what I need to do here. Nobody is forcing me. This is what I need to do. I must be obedient to the Word of God. This is why James tells us, don't just be a hearer of the Word. You've got to be a doer of the Word. Amen? You, you, you want to get the Word in you. You want to start doing what it says and teaching us to do. So Jesus is trying to show Nicodemus the new birth process. He's trying to help him to get an understanding because you're never going to understand the things that God does in the miraculous working of the power of the Holy Ghost if you're not born again. You've got to have that understanding. As I teach people all the time, everything in a Christian's life flow from the understanding that you know who Jesus Christ is. Amen. You've got to know. Notice what Paul tells the church in Romans, I mean, 1 Corinthians 15. Go to 1 Corinthians 15. Let's start, look at a verse, uh, start with verse 44, I think it is. 1 Corinthians 15. Paul is talking here about the natural man and the natural body. And he says here, it is sown in the natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. Now think about that. When you went down in the waters of baptism, you were a natural body. But when you came up, you are to be a spiritual body. See? You are to now be a spiritual body. Praise God. Amen. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Howbeit, that was not first, which is spiritual, but that which is natural. And afterwards, that which is spiritual. You see, the natural guy to start with, he was supposed to be obedient to the things of God. Adam and Eve was, was supposed to obey. See? They was natural, but 
They had that relationship with God. They walked with God in the cool of the day. Everything. The Bible said they was naked and they didn't even know it. See, God, God had everything for them. Amen. But because they sinned and disobeyed, see, now God had to come up with a new plan. He had, first of all, he slew an animal to clothe them. The blood. Amen. The animal had to sacrifice his blood. That's why when you read the Old Testament, you see that this was blood sacrifices. Amen. Because without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. So it, it leads right on up to where we are today. Amen. Notice, the first man is of the earth. He's earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are they that are also that are heavenly. And as we have bore the image of the earthly, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. See, so now we, to be born again, we've got to bear the image of the heavenly. So what's the image of the heavenly? Well, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. They're not separate. It's all one. It all comes. These are manifestations of the Spirit. The Holy Ghost is in you. These attributes of God is what is seen outside of you. One Spirit is inside of you. The attributes is what is seen outside of you. People can see your love. People can see your joy. People can see your peace. People can see your long patience. They can see your gentleness. They can see your goodness. They can see your faith. They can see your meekness. They can see your self-control. See, that's outward. What's inside? You remember in, in Jeremiah 32, when God told Jeremiah that his uncle's son was going to sell him a piece of property? It's what happens. Jeremiah described the evidence. He put it in the inside of a vessel and outside. What was inside was outside. Amen. The Spirit inside of you, the Holy Ghost inside of you, is manifested on the outside of you. Amen. The Spirit that's in you is going to manifest itself on the outside. Amen. If you're a complainer, a murmur, a bickerer, walk around loaded, depressed, and everything else, none of that came with the Holy Ghost. Amen. You need, as Paul told Timothy, to get a broom and start stirring up the gift that's in you. Amen. See, so you've got to be born again. You've got to start again if you want everlasting life. That's the uniqueness. It is of the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed because His compassions fail not. They're new every morning. Amen. Praise God. God wants you to have eternal life. And that's why He gives us another chance. That's why He's a God of second chances. Amen. David knew he should have been smoked, but God gave him a second chance. That's why the Bible says the only thing you read about David that he did wrong was the thing he did with Bathsheba. After that, he does nothing else wrong. 
That's why he's called a man after God's own heart. See, when you come into a relationship with God and God reveal you your sins and you repent of your sins, you're not supposed to keep doing wrong. That's of the devil. Amen. You are now a new creature in Christ Jesus. Paul says in Romans 6, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? He says, God forbid. Know ye not that so many of us have been baptized into Jesus Christ? We are baptized into his death. That like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we shall walk in newness of life. For we have been planted in the likeness of his death. We shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Amen. Sin is not supposed to have dominion over you anymore. You have power over sin. Jesus says, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing by any means shall hurt you. Greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. So we got to be born again. Amen. And so Jesus lays out the pattern. As he told Moses, amen, the writer of Hebrews 8, 5 says, God admonished Moses, what? See that you make all things according to the pattern showed you in the mount. Moses could not take shortcuts. He had to ensure that that tabernacle in the wilderness was built to scale just like God said. The same thing with Noah. They could not take shortcuts. He had to build that ark exactly like God said or else it will not survive. We, you and me, must follow the pattern that Jesus laid out. Amen. He told his disciples in Luke 24 that repentance and remission of sins must be preached in his name amongst all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And that's why in Acts 2, where are they? They're in Jerusalem in the upper room when the Holy Ghost is flowed out. That's why Peter comes out in the street and he began to preach Jesus. Amen? That started the birth process. And you notice everybody that comes into the New Testament church from that standpoint, when they ask Peter on the day of Pentecost, men and brethren, what shall we do? Peter says, repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is to you, to your children, and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Amen. Now, here it is, 2023, and what are we doing? We're still baptizing people in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and God is still filling them with the Holy Ghost, because that's the pattern. You can't change God's pattern. Amen. You can change it if you want, but you'll be the one to lose. Amen. Because it's going to be tested. Amen. Well, the foundation, Paul said, can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ, 1 Corinthians 3, 11. Amen. And if the right, amen, if the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Come on, what are you going to do if the foundation be destroyed? You can't allow it to be destroyed. You've got to keep teaching it. You've got to keep preaching it. Praise God. So Nicodemus wanted to know. He says, how can these things be? Jesus said, look, man, you're supposed, you know, 
he, he, he kind of cracks fun at it and stuff, you know. He, he says, look, you're supposed to know, man. You're the teacher. You're the religious leader. You're supposed to know. But sad to say, there's a lot of religious leaders that don't know. And thank God that a lot of them, every week I read that a lot of them is coming into the fullness of the revelation of truth. Because that's my been my prayer. God, every man or woman that walks through the pulpit, let them be able to see truth. Amen. I don't care what denomination it is. I'm not saying they got to come to apostolic. Just give them the truth. You know, if he passed in a church, let him see truth where he can teach his people the truth. Amen. Praise God. And that'll make all the difference in the world. That's my prayer daily. Amen. That's what I want. I want them to see the truth the same way my eyes was open. As Paul says in 2 Corinthians 3, he says that this gospel is hid. It's hid to them who's lost, whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ should be revealed to them. See, we, we, their eyes has got to be opened. You know, just think about us. You know, I grew up a Methodist. I, I came, you know, I came to the altar. I was at church one Sunday night, and, you know, the pre- preacher was preaching. It was a good message. He said, who want to give their life to the Lord? Yeah, you know, I came up, you know, saw myself giving myself to the Lord and stuff. He shook my hand and told this deacon, he's yours, you take care of him. And the deacon never said anything to me. You know, so I just went back my old way of life. You know, one Sunday they said it was having baptisms, you know. They brought me up. The guy stuck his hand in a little water and sprung it on top of my head. Say you're baptized, you know. I, that's, hey, I didn't know any different. I didn't know any different. You know, that was the church. That's where I grew up. That's where my parents went to church. That's where my niece and nephew, my brother, and everybody went to church. I just assumed that was the right way. You know, I knew everybody, what everybody was doing. I just thought that was the right way. You know, nobody was teaching me any different. But when I came to an age where I understood what was being taught, and the preacher was teaching truth and showing truth, then I realized, wait a minute, I'm missing something here. You know, but when I went down in that water in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and was baptized in His name and filled with the Holy Ghost, then I understood what I was missing, you know, and stuff. And that's what it, that's why a lot of people today are still the same. They are they're living off what they have been taught. They love God. They care. You know, they are sincere about serving God. You know, they they're living based on what they have been taught. You know, we just had you know, <laughs> you know. Baptize someone, you know, because they thought that they was they, you know, they was right. But when we showed them that the truth, they understood. I need to be baptized in Jesus' name. Amen. See, and so that's what Nicodemus. He comes. He says, "We know." Amen. He was itching to know. He understood, you know, that something is missing here. You know. That your, your, your miraculous working power that is taking place, we're missing something. You know, and Jesus says, because you're not born again. And that's the, that's the key. They know there's something different about you. You know, 
but they're not born again. That's the key. And that's why you have to be in a loving spirit, in a loving attitude, in a loving way to be able to share the truth with them. Sometimes it might take a long time. Amen. It might take a long time for you before before it kicks in. You know, I think I told the story about the guy whose wife and her and her husband worked for me in the Army, and they was in Virginia with us, and then we went to Okinawa, you know, and got to Okinawa. They came to Okinawa. The next thing you know, you know, she called me and asked me. She says, I had a question. She says, do people speak in tongues when they get the Holy Ghost? I said, sure. You know, we brought him to her house, had dinner, sat down, went through into his marvelous life. The next day I took her out to the East China Sea and baptized her in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. And she was filled with the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues. You know, just like that. Praise God. It takes a while. It takes a while sometimes. Young girl that was my clerk in the Army. I mean, I was going to kick her out of the Army because she had a negative attitude. You know? But then all of a sudden, when I brought her to my office and made her my secretary, she became like a daughter to me. And as a result, we loved her as our daughter. She watched our kids for us when we had to go to military functions and stuff like that. You know? I left for, we left... Man, we left Kentucky, went to Germany. She went to officer school after that. I helped her get her packet and stuff together to go to officer school. She became an officer. She came to Korea. I'm in Germany. She got married to this guy. Amen. We kept our relationship. She came. We went to Virginia. She came to her husband, come to Virginia. Amen. We left Virginia, went to Okinawa. She left Virginia, went to Korea. We, every year we had, tw- twice a year we did, you know, retreats in Korea. You know, her and her husband came to the retreat. Guess what? She got baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. She's still like a daughter to us. Amen. Hallelujah. And she's go to a Baptist church. She wants to be a missionary. You know? Think about that. Amen. Let God work. Amen. So Jesus tell Nicodemus, amen, you got to be born again. So Nicodemus said, how can these things be? And Jesus said, are you a master and know not these things? We speak that we know, we testify that we have heard, and you will not believe our report. He says, if I have told you earthly things and you believe not, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? Now watch what he tells him. He says, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness... Even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believe in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Notice, He takes him all the way back to giving them an example. See, Nicodemus would, knew, would know what happened in the wilderness. See, because they knew that when Israel had sinned, God sent serpents into that camp. And when those serpents bit those people, they died. But when Moses prayed for them, God gave them an an example of what he needed to do. He says, you make a brazen serpent and you put it on a pole and you put it in the middle of the camp. And when people are bitten by the serpent, they look to that serpent, they will be healed. And that's what they would remember. But sad to say, they took that serpent with them. And as a result, it became a God to Israel. Amen. 
Instead of looking to the one true God, they kept looking to that serpent. So Jesus gives the analogy that the same way that Moses lifted up the serpent, he tells them of his crucifixion, that he will be lifted up, that whosoever looked to him would be saved as well. Amen. That's why Jesus says, except I, if, uh, if the Son of Man be lifted up, he will draw all men to him. Amen. And so we've got to elevate him. We've got to lift him up in our lives. Amen. We've got to make him known, Paul says. Praise God. And so Nicodemus would have understood what Jesus was talking about. And Jesus tell him, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever shall believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's what he wants. He wants you to live forever. He don't want you to die. What did Jesus say? He, he, he has no pleasure in the death of people. He gave his life so that we could have eternal life. That's what he wants. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. He wants us to have eternal life and that more abundantly. Amen. You should be excited about where we're going. You know, what does the writer of Hebrews say? If they'd been mindful of the country with which they had came out of, they may have had an opportunity to go back in. But now they seek for a better country. That is the heavenly, where God is not ashamed to be called their God because He has prepared for them a city. We're going to a city, there be no night. We're going to a city where Jesus is the light. The trumpet's going to sound and I'll be called away. I'm going to a city someday. Praise God. Amen. But I can't get there if I'm not born again. <laughs> I can't carry the old life with me. Sin cannot enter there. Isaiah, in 30, Isaiah 35, Isaiah says, there's a highway there. In a way, and the way is called holiness. Amen. He says, no rabious beast is going to be there, so Fluffy ain't going to be there, Kitty Cat ain't going to be there. None of that stuff is going to be there. <laughs> I'm just joking. I don't know. He might be there for somebody else. <laughs> they are to call a friend of man, right? <laughs> so, so, but anyhow, where did I get of that from? <laughs> Amen. But, but, but just think about it. We're, we're going to a better place. And we're going to reign with Him forever and ever. Everlasting. Unending. Amen. That's what it's all about. An unending life. No more pain, John says. No more sorrow. No more tears. Amen. For the former things will be passed all away. Praise God. And it starts with being born again. Just following the pattern. That's all, that's all it's got to do. Just follow the pattern that God has given us. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, and, and Jesus always knows the things we have need of before we ever ask. You know that? Isn't it, it amazing? You know, who would ever thought that just preaching the gospel, telling somebody about a man they never seen before in their life. Change a person's whole life. You ever think about that? You went to church one day, or somebody was talking to you, and they showed you a few scriptures, and all of a sudden it just blew your mind. You know, 
And you probably had read your Bible before. <laughs> and you go like, wow. But when you went down in that water, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, man, and you came up. Think about the change. Man, I, I remember, I was in Germany, and you know, and, and, we, and our telephone on the wall, you know, every time that thing went click, 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 click. That was ten finnies. And a finny at the time, about 70 finnies equal to a dollar. Right? But, man, I was so excited. I want to tell everybody you know, about what God was doing in my life. So I was just calling all my friends. I was calling back to America. And when you call overseas with that phone, man, that, that thing went cuck, you know, and I was just trying to tell everybody what God had done in my life. Yeah, it was quite a bit when I got the bill, you know. <laughs> but 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 that's the excitement. You know, you, you think about Acts chapter 8, when Philip meets the eunuch in, in, the, in the wilderness, and, you know, and, and the Spirit draws Philip up to him, and Philip says, hey, you understand what you're reading? He says, how can I accept some man should guide me? And, you know, and Philip takes him at the same point from Isaiah 53. It's where the guy's reading this, at Isaiah 53. And, and Peter, I mean, and Philip explained to him about Jesus. And we can tell that Philip also talked to him about repentance and baptism, you know, by the guy's comment when he says, Hey, here's water. What does hinder me to be baptized? And Philip says to him, Thou mayest, if thou believe with thine own whole heart. He says, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Stopped the chariot, went down in the water. He baptized him. The Spirit draws Philip away. And the eunuch goes on his way, what? Rejoicing. Amen. That's why Peter would say in 1 Peter, Boy, is joy unspeakable and full of glory. And the hat has never yet been told. There's so much. Amen. Acts 2, Acts 8, Philip went down to Samaria, and he preached Christ to them. Amen. And the unclean spirits left. Amen. Joy was in the city. Amen. They was baptized in the name of Jesus, but they hadn't received the Holy Ghost. When Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and James down. They prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. Amen. When Simon saw that through the laying on the hands the Holy Ghost was given, he asked, you know, to try to buy it. You know, Peter said, well, you, you know, your money perishes. You think you can buy it, you know, the things of God. You know, but they was baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Acts 10. Think about Cornelius, a devout man, one that gave much. You know, people would have said he was a Christian. He was, he was good to go. You know. He was giving much. He was doing much for the people of God. You would think he would have been good to go. But what did the angel say? Cornelius, your prayers and arms has come from up from God. You built a memorial. He said, now send a job for one Simon Peter. He lodged by the seaside for one Simon a tanner, and he'll tell you what you need to do. Amen. Peter comes down, began to preach Christ, and immediately the Holy Ghost falls on them. And the Jews that came with Peter were astounded that on the Gentiles was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost, for they heard them speaking in tongues. And then Peter said, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized as they received the Holy Ghost as well as we? 
Amen. And if you want, when you read that scripture, when you're teaching that, all you got to do is take somebody right back to Acts chapter 2 and show them how they received the Holy Ghost. Amen. And that's the same pattern. Acts 19, we see it, you know, with John the Baptist's disciples. You, you can see that if, you know, you would think John the Baptist, he's baptized them. They would, you would think they'd be go, good to go. Andrew and Philip was John the Baptist's disciples. But they realized they needed more. They saw more, you know. And so and as a result of that, praise God. So, hallelujah. So, <clears throat> so Nicodemus needed to know. And Jesus tells him, he says, here's condemnation. He said, light is come into the world. But men love darkness rather than light because they're deeds of evil. He said, but the he that hated the light, you know, they're going to do evil. But he that do it, work at righteousness is going to come to the light that their deeds may be manifest, that they are works of God. And John would write in 1 John chapter 1, amen, verse 5, he said, This is the message that we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we die, lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he's in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sins. Amen. Praise God. God wants us to have everlasting life, brothers and sisters. And he's come to give it to us. Amen. And he has given it. We are all have been born again of the water and the spirit. Amen. Now all we got to do is just enjoy it and just keep on this yellow brick road. <laughs> Amen. You remember in the Wizard of Oz, right? Dorothy was told to stay in the yellow brick road. And every time she got off the yellow brick road, what happened? She got in trouble. You know? So God has put us in the plain path. He's put us in the straight path. Now we just need to stay there, and he's going to lead us to that city where there be no more night, the city where Jesus is the light. Amen? And we will have eternal life forever, evermore. Jesus, we thank you today for your word. God, we're asking you to lead us and guide us today. Thank you so much for your goodness and mercy over us, dear God. Thank you for your people, those that is under the sound of my voice. Oh, God, I pray. Continue to guide us all, Lord. Lead us according to your perfect will and your way. And we will continue to give you glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Let's take a small break. Amen. Be back at a quarter till so we can.